Welcome to Speaking of Grace, the weekly message podcast from the Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational congregation committed to our mission of loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. We are committed to our vision of being a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. Hey there, family. How's everybody doing today? Anybody excited? Yeah, we're going to talk about that a little bit more later. I am super excited about today. You know, a couple weeks ago, uh, Pastor John said uh, we were in the middle of the values series, and he said, you know, Ken, there's a value that I can tell is pretty close to your heart because you use this word all the time, but it's not really one of our official values, but it's for sure one of our values at Whole Life Church. You have to talk about that at some point. And so that's what I'm going to talk about today. What is a word that I use a lot? Family. Okay. The funny thing was I couldn't think of what the word was when John told me that. I was like, well, what what word do I use a lot? He said family. Oh, yeah, I guess I do use that a little bit. And that is one of my values for sure. And I do believe that it is one of the values here at Whole Life. And so today my sermon is called Chosen Family. So let's go ahead and bow our heads as we begin. Heavenly Father, we invite your spirit into our hearts. Help us to hear what you have prepared for us today. And may I speak what you've prepared. I pray in your name. Amen. Can we just all agree that Jesus says some messed up stuff? Okay, maybe we can't. Maybe, maybe some of us don't feel comfortable saying that. But I just want you to, it, I, go, let's go ahead. And I'm just going to read the verse to me. And you tell me this isn't messed up. Then his mother, we're reading from Mark chapter 3, verses 31 through 35. Then his mother and his brothers came, and while standing outside, they sent word to him, calling for him. And a crowd was seen around him, and they said to him, Behold, your mother and your brothers are outside looking for you. Answering them, he said, Who are my mother and my brothers? Okay, I I can tell you guys are going to need a little help getting into this passage, okay? So let's go ahead and pretend this place is absolutely packed out because COVID is no longer a thing. We're just completely packed. And somebody says, hey, Ken, your parents have driven all the way from North Carolina and they're outside. What would my reaction be? What would you expect? Yay, I'm going to run out and see them. But instead I say, who are my mother and father really? Who are they? I mean, who are they? And then I say, and looking around at all of you, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, this is my brother, my sister, and my mother. Are you tracking a little bit with me now? Come on. If you are a parent, don't tell me you wouldn't be upset if your child said that. Don't tell me that. So can we now all agree that Jesus says some messed up stuff? And that's not me taking a dig at Jesus at all. That's me pointing out to you the genius of who Jesus Christ was. He said things that made people stop and think. He wasn't doing this to be disrespectful to his mother or to his siblings. He was doing it to drive home a point that was even more important. Even more important. We know Jesus loved his mother, and we know he kept the honor your father and mother commandment. We see it as he's hanging on the cross, and he remembers his mother there. 
So this isn't about disrespect to his mother. So if Jesus says something so provocative, what's he trying to get at? I want to suggest to you that Jesus was trying to roll out a new paradigm for his listeners in the same way that he rolled out a new paradigm with this story of the good Samaritan and who is my neighbor. Jesus now redefines what family is in the kingdom. Who is family in the kingdom? Whoever does the will of God. This is my brother, sister, and mother. And by the way, can I just underline the word sister? That's in the original text. And this is important because Jesus was a big fan of women. He did not exclude women. Okay? Women were a part of the family. And this was a big thing for him to say in his time. It was very deliberate that he put that in there. You might notice that the father isn't involved in there. Why? Because God is our father. So here we are. Jesus is saying, whoever does, but what is the father's will? We like to sometimes make this really complex, but all we have to do is back up. And looking at those who are sitting around him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. What does the text tell us these people were doing to be called his mother, brothers, his mother and brothers? What does it say? They were sitting around him. Now, this may not sound like particularly, you might think, oh, that doesn't seem like, I mean, keep in mind in Jesus' day that if you sat at somebody's feet, you were acknowledging that they were your teacher. And so when somebody sat at somebody's feet, it was saying, you are my teacher, I am following you. So what does it take to be one of Jesus' followers? It's to sit at his feet. And in just a second, I want to share with you what what it means when Jesus teaches us when we're seen at his feet. But before we do that, I want to tell you a quick story from my past. Uh, I know the picture is a little bit pixelated. It's because it's a super old car. It's a Dodge Aries. This may not have any significance to you, but it has huge significance to me. It is the worst car I have ever known. (laughs) I'm sorry, Dodge. I'm not trying to down your products. I'm sure they're wonderful, but the Dodge Aries... And I know this because my family, when I was, I don't know, nine or 10, decided to take a cross-country road trip in the Dodge Aries. We were not wealthy people, so we didn't have the money to shell out for tickets. But my mom worked really hard to make some extra money, and we saved up enough money so that we could do this cross-country road trip in July across the United States out to where I had some relatives who lived on the West Coast in, uh, in California and then up in Washington. So this was this huge road trip that we were doing. Well, I want you to know that this car made it to Platt, Nebraska. And at that point, it began overheating. Now, for those of you who are not car mechanics like me, my dad is a mechanic, and he's, he's, he's a physician's assistant and retired now, but he's worked on cars all his life. So my dad knew what to do when the car started to overheat. He turned on the heat in Nebraska in July. Because the, turning on the heat takes some of the heat off of the engine that's overheating. But it got bad enough that we actually had to pull over to this side of the road. And this is the picture of my brother and I in the shade under the embankment <laughs> on the highway. As my dad was fixing the car, my mom had the foresight to take the picture that I could use in the sermon today. So uh, thank you, mom. Thank you, mom. Who is my mother? She's in North Carolina, and I love her a lot. Now, 
so there we are. What do you do? This is kids. This is the time before there was this thing called cell phones. So you couldn't whip out the cell phone. In fact, my parents didn't have credit cards. It's not like there weren't credit cards at that point, but they weren't a really commonly thing for everybody. And so it was my parents just didn't have credit cards. So what do you do? You're broken down by the side of the road. We, we were staying in, we had stayed in one hotel that whole trip because that wasn't in the budget. We camped on the side of the road. We did in camp places. That's what we did. We slept in the car a couple times. So the, there's no money in the budget for a hotel. What are we going to do? There really isn't money in the budget to fix the car. What are we going to do? Well, we found this thing called a payphone, kids. I know. Just look it up. Google it later. Um, and my parents got the big, thick phone book. Google that one too. Okay. And we looked up Seventh-day Adventist Church. And my parents called the Seventh-day Adventist Church there in Platte, Nebraska. And I will never forget that that church embraced us, took us in, put us up, found us a mechanic, got our car taken care of, and got us back on the road. They didn't know us. But you know what they knew? They knew that we were family. We were family because we belonged to Jesus, and so did they. And that made us family. And it has been my experience through the years, no matter where I go in the world, no matter where I'm at in the world. It's not just Seventh-day Adventists, but it's Christians in general. I was just on the phone yesterday. I have a little issue that I'm getting taken care of on my car. And in my email address, which they were asking for as they are getting me set up, they, they, my, in my email address, my personal one, is the word pastor. It's part of it. And the lady on the phone said, oh, are you a, are you a pastor? And I said, yeah. She goes, oh, I'm a Christian too. And suddenly... There was a sudden bond, and suddenly, it wasn't like she wasn't helping me before, but suddenly, there was something there. Jesus puts it this way, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask using my name. This is my command, love each other. So when you're sitting at Jesus' feet, what's the command? Remember that verse we like to use a lot in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, if you love me, keep my commandments. What's the command? Love each other. It's amazing to me how we get so preoccupied with ten commandments that we forget to love each other sometimes. The thing that matters the most. Loving each other. Your family. You were chosen. But I want to go back to that. (sighs) You didn't choose me. I thought about this. I thought, well, wait a minute. I did choose you, Jesus. I did choose you. How can you say that? And what really spoke to me as I've been a part of this World Vision Chosen Project is this. What spoke to me was who chose who. We had a choosing party down in Guatemala last week. You a little excited? This is mine. I haven't opened it yet. Should I open it right now? Is that okay? Bernie, is that, is that, does that go along with World Vision's rules? Is that okay? Can I do it? I'm not breaking a rule? Okay. Well, anyway, so I thought, who chose who? Well, let's, let's go ahead and see. Ooh, that makes me want to cry. Oh, you guys are like, you're like, what? We want to see. Okay. Okay. By the way, thank you, Pastor Tammy. Who put, I have not seen that picture up there. She put it in. I told her, please sneak it in. I don't want to see it. So she snuck it in. So this is, this, is our, this is our child who chose us. 
But Jesus says some messed up stuff. What if I were to go to that child and say, hey, you didn't pick me. I picked you. You didn't choose me. I chose you. Would I be lying? I want you to really think, I want you to think metaphorically for a minute. And this is one of the things we're going to do a lot over my 37 years with you. (laughs) Don't try to do the math on that. But uh, you're like, wait a minute, we're only, can we commit to six months and move on from there? Hey, you got me. Here we are. But what I want, I'm going to do a lot of is asking you to think metaphorically. It's not enough for you to sit there and listen to what I have to say. I want you to engage with what I'm saying. And sometimes what metaphors do is they help us compare and contrast. They give us a, a concept that we can understand and help us understand a more abstract concept. So if I were to say, how does that compare to what Jesus said? How does, how does my child, let me see if I can find out. Gasper, Gasper. If I were to say to Gasper, what, how, does that, how does that relate to what Jesus said? Well, I'm going to help you out, and then I'm going to give you about five minutes where I'm going to want you to actually think about bigger things. But let me go ahead and start off with the thought that came to me. Gasper did choose me. But in order for him to choose me, I had to choose to open myself up for that. I had to make a commitment. I had to be willing to pay a certain amount of money to make that happen. I had to put myself out and let myself be a little bit vulnerable. You begin to see where, there, where Jesus could say, you didn't choose me, I chose you. So what I want you to do is I'm going to give you five minutes. I want you to think metaphorically about our world vision chosen experience, whether you participated by, by, adopting, by uh, adopting a child or not. What I want you to do is think about that experience, and I want you to see how that compares and contrasts with Christ and salvation and how he's chosen us. How does that compare? What what can you come up with that would help you understand Jesus a little bit better by taking this experience and comparing it to that? Does everybody understand what I'm asking? All right. We're going to put five minutes on the clock. We're going to play some background music. I want you to think about it. And then at the end of the five minutes, Sierra is going to, if you'll raise your hand, I'm going to actually ask a few people just to share what they've come up with. How does it compare? How does it contrast? Because I really feel like I shouldn't be the only person who does work when it comes to the sermon. I want you to do a little as well. All right? We got it? Here we go. Five minutes. So I'd like to go ahead and hear what you came up with. As you thought metaphorically about the comparing and contrasting, the chosen experience with what Jesus has done for us, what did you come up with? If you're willing to share something, you know, about 10, 15 seconds, just raise your hand and uh, don't make Sarah feel lonely because nobody wants to raise their hand and share something. All right, Rena. Oh, there we go. No. All right, so we've been... Very excited all week long to find out who chose us and if someone chose us, right? And <laughs> we, um, but to get to that point, we had to offer a place in our family to be accepted by somebody. Mm. And we've been super excited the whole time. So if I were to parallel that to Christ offering grace freely, you have an open invitation, but you have to pick him or pick to accept it. 
but he gave it to you first. He was like, here's the option. And I'm going to be so excited just how we've been so excited all week long to have you in my family. I love you. I don't know anything about what you did before you came into my family, but I love you the same. Ooh, that's good. That's rich. So my thoughts were very similar. I thought about how I had offered the support freely and openly and and the the child that that chooses my family, they really didn't have to do anything to deserve it. They just have to you know, reach their hand out and choose to receive it. And hopefully they'll continue to receive that blessing as long as they continue to choose to be a part of the World Vision program. Awesome. Anybody else want to share something? Anybody else? Okay, I've got the last one right over here. Oh, I'm sorry. Yep. <laughs> okay, this would be a contrast. Um, God gave his gift to all of us. He chose every single one of us, and he provides that for all of us. Unfortunately, we cannot provide everything for all of the children that are needed in that town. Oh, I like that. Wow. Some good stuff. See what happens when you start thinking metaphorically. I'm going to challenge you to go home, talk about it over, over lunch. Take this and think about it. There's so many things that we can really learn when we actually stop and think about what's going on uh, metaphorically with something, when we start comparing and contrast, there's some really rich things that can come out of that. Abel, I'm having some problems with my clicker working. So um, if you can help me with it advancing, that'd be great. Um, Today, we want to go ahead and give you the chance to make some decisions, whether you are here or whether you're online. We want to give you the opportunity to make a couple decisions today. And it has to do with family. I like altar calls, but I also like doing them in a technologically relevant way. And so today, I think there, there may be some people here or maybe some people online who have never really fully committed to following Jesus. Maybe you've, you've heard about him, but you've never really truly committed to following him or Perhaps there was a time in your life where you're following, but you just kind of walked away and did your own thing. And now you're feeling God, you're feeling Jesus saying, hey, come follow me. And you want to take that up. If that's what you want to do, then I want you to text uh, to the number that you see on the screen, 833-596-2722. I want you to text to that number the word Jesus. You're going to get a response back from our church. And we're going to be in touch with you because we love you and we want to affirm that decision that you've made. Now, maybe you're also thinking, well, I have been following Jesus, but I've never been baptized. Do I need to be baptized? Well, the way I like to explain baptism, thinking metaphorically, is that baptism and weddings are a lot the same, right? You don't get married usually without meeting the person. You're already in love. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful ceremony that celebrates what's already been happening. That's what baptism is. Baptism is a celebration of something that's already been happening. It's, it's publicly saying, 
I choose Jesus. I choose this person. I choose Jesus. And I want you to hold me accountable. If you need to be baptized, we'd love to see that happen. You can text the word baptized to that same number, 833-596-2722. I also know that there are some of you that have been coming to church here and you haven't really made it official. You want to be a part of the family and you are a part of the family, whether you have officially joined or not but you'd kind of like to make it official. So if you'd like to officially become a part of the whole life family, we'd love for you to text the word join to that same number. Maybe all three of those things apply to you. Just text the word all. And we're, again, going to be in touch with you. You'll get a text back from us, and we'd love to hear from you. So those numbers will be good. And by the way, if you're watching online, I want you to know that you can do this as well. You can text these into this number, Uh, whether it's Sabbath or whether it's Sunday, you're welcome to text us in and we're going to be following up with you. So we hope that you will do this. I do want to ask this. I just feel like I want to do this. And you don't have to, but if you're, if you have, if you feel like you know that you need to follow Jesus and you haven't done that, you've either fallen, you've kind of gone away from following him, but now you're wanting to make that choice to, to officially do that. I'd like to celebrate you because if you, if you made that decision today, there's a big party happening in heaven. I think there should be a party happening here. And if you're willing, I know it can be a little embarrassing. If you don't want to do it, you don't have to. But if you are making that decision, you'd like to stand up, I'd like to celebrate you. So is there anybody here today who says, yep, I want to follow Jesus. I'm making that decision. All right. Am I missing I see you. Can we all celebrate? Yeah. We're excited for you. Family, we've been chosen. You didn't do anything to deserve it, but you've been chosen. You've been chosen. You've been chosen to be a part of God's family. And that makes us all family. And that's why you're going to hear me say that a lot. We're all family. We're family. So family. A few of you are sitting here thinking, man, I I wish I had gotten a child. I wish I had had that chance to be chosen. I didn't know about that last week. I was out of town. Something was going on. Or maybe last week you're like, I wasn't sure about it. But I researched and I sure would love to do that. I want you to know it's not too late. We're going to have one more choosing party. I promise. One more choosing party. And you can go ahead and get involved with that. While the song is being sung, there's going to be the the text message number that you can go ahead and send in if you want to be a part of being chosen this next week. And then when you exit out of here, you can go get your picture taken. Or maybe you thought, man, that's so cool getting my picture taken last week. And I want to get chosen again. That's fine with us too. We're, We're fine with that. Whatever you want to do. But if you want to be a part of this, to experience it, Um, The door is still open for this last week. After that, World Vision would love to have you sponsor a child, but it just won't be one from Agua Catan. So um, we uh, would like to give you that opportunity. Thank you so much. Now is the time where you can put your questions into the chat room, and I will ask Ken those questions. We already have a few online, but if you'd like to join with us, don't be shy. Uh, you can join with us by, there we go. You can join with us by going onto the church website, wholelife.church slash live, hopping on that chat room or going to Facebook and you can join us there. Lots of interactivity today. I love it. It's, it's my favorite. So um, I'll jump right in. There's a couple of questions about other 
confusing things that Jesus said. So <laughs> this could be a whole you gotta, series. You gotta so. turn that into. You yeah. know, I actually was thinking about that this week, and I'm, I think we'll we'll talk with Tammy and make that happen because it's really. Yeah. Um, so this one comes from our friend uh, Jay Hemi, and he was talking about Old Testament when Jesus told Moses. Um, I'll kill all these people after he'd gone through getting them all out of Egypt. Can you uh, talk about that? I guess he was done with family, huh? Um, <laughs> yeah. No. I'm, no. Um, Sometimes we're mad at our family, right? You know, there, I mean, there's some things in the Bible that we can conjecture at, and then there's some things that we may not know the answer until we have a chance to talk to Jesus about it. Um, I probably come from the theological school that, that this was more of God... I don't know if the right word is testing Moses, but kind of giving Moses the opportunity to reflect um, on on what the children of Israel meant to him. I, um, having been a leader for a couple years, you know, with the exception of you know, obviously, whole life, sometimes leadership can be really frustrating, and um, and people can sometimes really kind of pick, and they were certainly picking on Moses. And I think that God was trying to realign Moses's perspective when it came to the children of Israel. Do you, would you really be happier if I wiped them all out and, and you weren't leading them? And so Moses responds correctly, as I believe God knew he would, and it gives Moses a redirect. Now, is that the only way you can interpret it? No, nope, there's many other ways, but that's the way I, I like to interpret it. Um, also about, um, here's another Bible verse from Denise. That's a little bit more about family, but also a little bit about anger. Um, and it's from Luke 14, 26. She's asking for some clarity on this verse. Um, if you want to be my disciple, you must by comparison, hate everyone else. Um, your, your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your brothers and sisters, Yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And so when we hear love each other and then we hear this next to it, what, what do we do? Wow. Um, <laughs> that's a great question. Um, I think you take that verse. And again, I think it's important that when we look at Bible verses, we look at them in the context of the entire Bible um, and not simply take one text and kind of make a whole theological position out of it. Um, And so with this particular text, I think Jesus is, again, simply making the point about priorities, that Jesus and his kingdom comes above everything else. And and so he's using um, strong language to catch attention. Um, If Jesus' requirement was truly to hate our biological families, then he did not follow his own advice because he was very loving um, to his family. Uh, he even thought of his mother, as I mentioned earlier, while he was hanging on the cross. So what we know was that he wasn't telling us to literally hate, but what he was trying to point out to us was where our kingdom priorities have to be. If our mother and father are asking us to do something that's outside of the kingdom, then our first allegiance is to the kingdom and to Jesus. I think the key word there is by comparison. By comparison. By comparison, hate them. Um, All right. This one is not about a Bible verse, but um, is a tough question from Randy, um, Randy Robertson. Uh, uh, She says, family as church is common and felt if you fit the mold, uh, the standards of the church. How does the church become more accepting and engaging with the marginalized? Um, Those who many in the church believe are lost for any number of reasons. How do we become more accepting and engaging with the marginalized? 
Yeah, um, that one bothers me a lot. Not that the I like the question, but what bothers me is that that church isn't ex- accepting and inviting of all. Um, that really does bother me. I um, I have somebody very close to me who has been a very active uh, part of uh, NA Narcotics Anonymous, and that person told me a couple years ago. They said, "Ken, um, I don't need church." I'd be just fine without church as far as my recovery goes. But if I were to get rid of NA, I would fall apart. And I think that's an indictment on church. That what I know about AA and NA is that whoever you are and however messed up you come in, you are accepted, you are loved, and you are encouraged to grow. But when you make mistakes, they don't throw you out. They just recognize that, that relapse is a part of recovery. And, um, and that you don't have to be – imagine what would happen if NA or AA didn't allow you to come in until you were sober. And yet that's what we do with church, thinking mm-hmm. metaphorically. And that's wrong. It's not right. And it's something that needs to change across the board. I believe that it is a part of whole life. Um, I I haven't been here long enough to know how well we do it, but I think from what I can see, we're doing it pretty well, and we can probably do it better, and that's something that's important to me. All right, last question for this week um, comes from uh, the Brown family, and Zoe asks, how do we know you're a part of God's family and that same thing? Uh, Thank you for finishing with that, because Jesus chose you, and he said so. He said so. When he spread his arms out on the cross, he said, I accept everybody. You are chosen. The only question is whether you want to follow. That's it. You've been chosen just like those children in Guatemala. We had 113 sponsors. Yeah, go ahead and do it. And after today, I don't know, maybe we'll have, maybe we'll have up to 150. That's what I'd love. But 113 sponsors... So there were 113 kids that got to make a choice. They didn't have to show up at the community center. They got to choose. But can you imagine any of them not wanting to do that? I, I'm sure that the, the real issue was, was trying to narrow it down. I'm sure there were kids that were the 114th child that, that really wanted to be there. And unlike us, God's grace is limitless. You have been chosen. All you need to do is accept. Awesome. Um, we have a new series coming up next week, and it's called Great I'm so Questions. excited about this. And so I have this sealed envelope. I don't even know what the question is, but these are questions that you guys have sent in. So, and Ken hasn't seen it either, so because it's first service. But, um, <laughs> but uh, let's open this up here. Let's see what we got for next week. We'll find out what next week's sermon is about. Okay, this is way longer than I expected. I thought it'd be like like a really short question. Okay. So, great question number one. In 1 Kings 13, the man of God from Samaria lies to the man of God from Judah with lethal consequences. How can he be a man of God and do such terrible things? The Bible does not shy away from differentiating between true prophets and false prophets. So it implies a lying prophet is a true prophet in relationship with God. I'm still going. How can this title, his title and behavior be reconciled? How is it possible to be both a fully committed God follower and at the same time believe and share things that are not true? So 1 Kings 13, you may want to read it. 
to uh, before next week. I'm um, so excited. I love this story. I, if, you'll find out the more messed up the story in the Bible, the more I love it. So <laughs> we're going to have fun with this. Thank you to whoever asked that question. Great question. I'm so glad you asked. We'll talk about it next week. All right. I love you, family. Thank you for being family. Thank you for choosing to be family. And I couldn't be more proud of what you have done for Agua Catan. Um, 113 is incredible. It's, it's actually far more than World Vision had estimated this church would do based on some metrics that they have. So I am grateful for what you've done. And if you still would like to be a part of this, if you saw what happened, you think, man, I want to do that. You can. Um, if you didn't text in, you can just go out in the lobby. They'll help you figure that out. Get your picture taken. It'll be awesome. May you go and have a wonderful week. May God be with you in it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, for those who are worshiping in this place and for those who are far away viewing this in another t- place and maybe perhaps later on in the week, may your spirit fall on all and may you be with all. And may you be all in all in our lives. We pray in your name. Amen. God bless you. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church. And our podcasts, Speaking of Grace and its companion, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians all focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening and have a great week.